0: Welcome back to the SoundSense podcast. I'm Jessica Quinlan. Today, we've brought back two of our favorites to discuss fraud, all things fraud. We have Lachey Woodard, our VP of Financial Crimes. Hello, Lachey. Hello. And Lisa Zerker, our Manager of Financial Crimes. Hi, Lisa. Hello. Good
1: morning.
0: Thank you. All right. So, cast number two, we're just going to dive right in. Lisa, what are some of the latest scams and fraud that people should be aware of?
1: so spoofing and smishing and phishing are you know unfortunately seems like they're here to stay we haven't seen much change with that but you know what's happening is is fraudsters will spoof an email or a phone call members think that someone's calling from ent or they get an email from ent they click a link the link takes them to a spoofed ent website it looks exactly like our our main page. They put in all their online banking information. Mm -hmm. Now the fraudsters have that. They go in, they change email addresses, they change phone numbers, they set up ACHs, they set up bill pay. Unfortunately, we've seen um, a lot of bill pay fraud within the last month or so with these account takeovers. So... You know we always stress really do not click links you know if you have any hesitation just give us a call through our 800 number so we can determine whether or not we actually did send you a text message about debit card charges or an email or phone call one of the most interesting things that's happened in the last couple months is we've had fraudsters reach out to our members from a spoofed phone number asking if they have certain charges on their debit card which the fraudsters most likely know that the members did not. So the members are saying, no, I didn't. Um, And they said, well, we know who has your card information. They give them a, a name and they say, we're gonna come and we're gonna pick up your debit card. Put the debit card in the mailbox with your pin number. We are gonna pick that up and we are going to give it to the authorities. And usually the name that they give them is actually someone that's wanted and possibly
0: in another state uh, so you can google yes yeah, so and you look can google
1: off. it looks legitimate mm. and so we had unfortunately had a couple members fall for this where they gave out their debit card and their pin number they came picked it up and then of course had a field day mm. so ENT will never come pick up a debit card or ask for any of that personal information pin numbers you know login information pass nothing we will never ask for any of that or pick it up and So another one, though, that we've seen too are inheritance scams. So these are getting pretty good. We had a member convinced that he was getting $84 million as an inheritance casually from from a third cousin that he talked to two years ago. But the interesting thing was these fraudsters spoofed an actual board member with the city of commerce in Canada, one of the provinces in Canada. And so he believed he was working with her that they were gonna be getting this money through Canada because that's where his cousin was. And when I called her, she said, the first thing she said was, let me let me guess, you're calling about an inheritance. And I said, wow, you're a mind reader. And she said, nope. She said, I've been dealing with this for two years now. Unfortunately, they've got my name and number. I'm not an attorney. I don't do inheritances. I don't do anything like that. It's It's a scam. And when I let the member know that he He was not convinced. He thought for sure he was getting 84 million and he just needed to send 220,000 to pay for the taxes. So eventually we were able to talk him (laughs) him down down a little bit and let him know we weren't gonna be sending the money but he ended up closing his account ultimately because he wanted to go to another bank that was gonna allow him to get the $84 million.
0: So out of curiosity, I know you're both in crimes, but if you get an inheritance, don't they just take the taxes out of the inheritance? Okay, just yes. confirming or you get the money in case and this ever and happens. Then you
1: claim it on your taxes when you file taxes, because right. you'll get some kind of tax form from from the, the, the company that, sends you the money
2: yeah all right you can rest assured uncle sam will get
0: his bite before you
2: get your (laughs) bite (laughs) (laughs) they're not going to let that
0: slide especially on 84 million dollars my goodness so lachey are there any evolving trends or emerging threats in the world of scams that people should be aware of that are coming in the future
2: definitely i think we've all heard of artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. where they're able to mimic someone's voice you know in a fraud world that's not a great thing we don't want someone to be able to get our members voice and pretend to call us. Mm -hmm. There are companies that currently do the voice authentication that would throw a wrench in that. Mm. Another concern would be as far as our members, with everybody posting on social media, these videos and things like that, they can capture that person's voice and then call the parent and say, hi mom, I'm in jail in Mexico, I need you to send this money because now they've been able to capture your voice. Your parents, the things that they would go on is, did it sound like them? Mm-hmm. Well, of course it will. So that's something people have to be mindful of. We've had cases where they'll get the, you call it the grandparent uh, scam, mm-hmm. where they call a grandparent asking for help, saying, don't tell my parents, but I need your help. I need you to send money. The best way to get around that is to ask something that only your grandchild would know you know, did you contact your brother? Did you contact your sister? Did you contact your mother? Chances are they may not know the family dynamics in order to be able to answer correctly. But it would be a scary thought when that's your child calling and they sound scared and you recognize the voice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's terrifying, actually. And I Certainly, no, I would easily fall for something like that, hearing the voice rather than, hi, this is Bob from X and X company, etc." Mm-hmm. Well, good to know to look out for that. So Lisa, how can individuals report scams and frauds and what steps should they take if they have fallen victim, if they know that, that they've just lost their money money.
1: (laughs) given their information out yeah um absolutely they should report any fraudulent activity to any company they have a relationship with Um, that way they can just put a little fraud alert maybe on their account just something to give that company just a little more information that hey if someone's calling in make sure it's that actual you know, person that you're you're speaking to. It's always good to file a police report. Even if the loss is minimal, it's good to have it on record that you have unfortunately fallen for a scam. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, even if your loss is minimal, they may have someone else that files the same police report with the same situation and they can start kind of grouping those together to see if it's a, a fraud ring that they can start investigating. Okay. Definitely report to the credit bureaus, so put a fraud alert on there. You can also put a freeze on your credit report. If you're more comfortable with that, a fraud alert is a little bit easier if you're trying to get credit. That way you don't have to go back and remove the the freeze. Okay. But either one of those is, is great. Filing a, a complaint with IC3, so that's the internet crimes website. So if you're a victim of some type of internet crime, you can report it there. And then of course the FTC report, we have people make uh, reports there too.
0: Great. Fantastic. Lachey, what role does social engineering play in scams and how can individuals protect themselves from falling for these manipulative tactics?
2: Always be careful about giving out personal information. You'll see on social media, they'll play games saying, hey, here's a fun way to get to know each other. Where did you grow up? What high school did you go to? Mm. When I see those, I'm like, please don't answer those. That's a great way for someone to find out enough information about you. Be extra cautious of someone contacting you randomly asking for help. I I knew you in high school. I'm about ready to have this horrible thing happen. Can you help me out? Just be cautious of that. Always be careful who you meet online or in person. If for any reason they need money right after you begin a relationship, that's a red flag. You meet them online. It's a dating app and immediately their car broke down, they need rent, or they might need you to give them money in order to get money so they assure you you're going to get your money back. That's a big red flag. Fraudsters are also known to be threatening and they make an issue seem urgent in order to get the funds. Mm -hmm. They might say, well, you have to do this or this is going to happen. If you don't send this money, I'm going to do this to you. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag as well. Always watch for lottery and inheritance scams, as Lisa mentioned earlier. You don't pay your taxes in advance, and it's rare to win a lottery that you never participated in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll hear that someone won the lottery in Canada were you in Canada? Did you play the lottery in Canada? Chances are you probably aren't going to win something you didn't participate in. Fraudsters will look up the name of a real person in order to get you to believe their story. As Lisa mentioned earlier, they just Googled someone who works for the chamber and this poor lady has been battling this. Mm -hmm. She can't take down a email that she didn't create, Mm -hmm. so therefore they can't seem to shut her down. When you look at that person online, it looks legitimate. So you tend to believe that it's really that person. She said she worked for the chamber. I looked her up. She does. Does not mean that that's the actual person that you're talking to.
0: Right. It's easy to, to find people online, use their names, and exactly. Correct. So Lisa, yeah. let's let's spin to a more positive Definitely. angle here. Are there any success stories of individuals who've outsmarted scammers and, and what lessons can we learn from those? Yes, folks? absolutely, Yay. every day. Um, <laughs>
1: good. And I will say a huge part of that is our, our frontline. Mm-hmm. Our MSRs in the centers are amazing. They can look at these checks. They're really great about asking good questions on you know where did you get this check? Were you expecting the check? And a lot of times we have really great stops. Every day we have great stops. You know, sometimes members will come in and say, I sold a car online. They're asking me to send them $3,000 more to pay for shipping. Is this right? And we can usually tell them, no, this is this is not a good check. You know, unfortunately it's a scam. And so I think people are becoming more suspicious of checks that they're getting in the mail. Sometimes they will get something they weren't expecting. So they'll come in and say, is this legitimate or not? So they are getting uh, good at asking more questions and and bringing those in before they just mobily deposit it and then be Mm. on their way. Good, I love that,
0: I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Lachey, how can we educate the next generation to be more scam aware and resilient to fraud activities?
2: The first thing to remember for anybody, if it seems too good to be true, it's generally too good to be Mm -hmm. true. If it seems too easy to make lots of money, that's a red flag. You know, someone's hiring you to be a personal assistant and you're gonna make you know, five hundred dollars an hour. That's yeah. that's, that's <laughs> probably that's a, not happening. Correct. Otherwise, we'd all want to. Right, we'd that all personal. be doing that. I know. <laughs> um, the main education point is to not click on any links from emails and text messages. Okay. Someone sends you a text and says, "Did you do this?" I never click on that, even if it's a number known to you. Mm-hmm. Does not mean that that can't be a spoofed number. Always trace it back to the source. Your insurance company sends you something. Call your insurance company saying, I got a text from you. Does this seem legit? Mm -hmm. Chances are it's not. Never give out your debit card to anyone. if They ask for it over the phone. If your institution is reaching out to you, I don't need to ask you what your debit card number is. I know your debit card number because I work here and that's what I'm calling you about. Right. So that's a big red flag. The thing to remember from an organization point of view Mm -hmm. We don't know your PIN number on your debit card. We don't have access to know your PIN number on your debit card. We do not have your online banking password. Mm. So those are things you should never give to someone who calls. I'm from the fraud department, I call you. I will never need to know your online banking password, nor will I need to know your PIN number on your card. That does not help me solve any fraud at all. Mm -hmm. So if someone calls you and they say, I'm calling you from Ent Credit Union and the fraud department, feel free to say, I appreciate you calling me, Lisa. Can I get your extension and I'll call you right back. If we work at Ent, we're gonna give you our extension. Mm-hmm. You call the number you know to belong to us, which is the 574-1100 or the toll-free number. When it asks for extensions, type in that extension and you will get Lisa. Right.
0: I love that. That's great.
2: Anything else to add? Yep, Just want to so, say yeah. you can always check in for any organization you belong to. Mm-hmm. We have card controls. Get a strange feeling about your card. Feel free to go online, block your card. You have that control yourself. You think you may have been scammed and you may have given out your online banking password. Go in there and change your password. Mm-hmm. You know, be mindful, set up alerts so you can monitor so there's a lot of ways for members to be aware of what's going on in case they think fraud may have occurred. I love that. Thank you. Well, that brings
0: us to the end of our show. Lisa Lachey, thanks so much for being here. It was great to have you again. Thank you for listening to SoundSense from End Credit Union. Be sure to follow our podcast as well as rate and review us. I'm Jessica Quinlan. I will see you next week, same time, same place. The information presented in this episode is intended to be used for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Consult a financial, tax, or legal professional to see if the information provided in this episode is suitable for your situation. Information stated is current as of the time of recording and may be subject to change in the future. Third-party products and services mentioned in the podcast are done so for informational purposes only and should not be considered endorsements or affiliations unless stated otherwise. Any opinions of guests or third parties on the podcast are strictly their own and do not represent End Credit Union. End Credit Union is insured by the NCUA and is an equal housing opportunity lender. Visit End.com for more information.